0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast, stories by leaders for leaders, to help you raise the bar on your own excellence, to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, where we inspire leaders. We transform leaders, transforming organizations, transforming lives. I'm here with our co-host, David Dunworth, who's the chair of the Vision Leadership Foundation's Board of Directors, and our special guest today is Nikki Green. Nikki, welcome to Nonprofit Exchange. Please tell people a little bit about who you are and the passion you have for doing this work.
1: Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's it's great to be here. And, you know, I, I belong to a number of great networking groups, and many of them for nonprofits. And uh, it really just brings me back to all the important moments in my life where people gave back to me. Um, I grew up, I had a single mom, she was working two jobs. The only way I got to kindergarten every day, my teacher came and picked me up. Um, throughout my life, you know, whether it was teachers, preachers, coaches, and more, there were many people throughout the community that made sure that I got to where I needed to be and I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I just love continuing to do that and helping other companies do that, you know, nonprofit, for profit, and any mixture in between.
0: You know, we talked a little bit about going live with this recording about mindset. And there's a, there's a Follow on from that word nonprofit that kind of puts us into this scarcity thinking. So, abundant thinking, abundant mindset, you know, thinking in abundance applies to all aspects of life. So, how do we show others that scarcity mindset does not serve us?
1: Yeah, it, it's so often that, you know, we describe life as as one pie, like we're all trying to split the same thing and get our piece of, of what's going on. And what I really try to encourage people is that through this community, through this bonding, through sharing our skills and services, we can actually make the pie bigger, we can make there more opportunities for each other. And whether that's, you know, through business, it can also be in relationships, we too often think of ourselves as it's like me against you, and I have to fight you we're past the caveman days and we need to really evolve it's really important we're in a time of so much abundance and especially in this knowledge economy where much of what we do is sharing our experiences sharing what we know sharing the school we've gone to all those years and that's not going to go away the more we share that knowledge it grows exponentially. And people kind of forget that, like we've got to go me versus you, but it really isn't like that. So I love to encourage people to really think of things in that way to let's make it a bigger pie for all of us.
0: Wow. Hey, David, it's almost
2: like she's been reading our notes. We're on the same- I, You know, to- I was just thinking the same thing. I, I, who let her in? Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I'm glad you have that perspective because not enough people do. And the the scarcity mindset is, it's it's universal, uh, except for those who take the time and realize that things are unlimited if we want to make them that way, you know, and businesses go into business for a profit. They do a lot of things that nonprofits don't think of, Um, you know, like the for-profit solutions. They don't work for nonprofit businesses. Uh, problems. How can we reimagine those solutions to better support uh, important community institutions? How do the, how do we get the mindset to change?
1: Yeah, it, it's really tough. And you know, for many years, twenty years, I worked in Silicon Valley. I worked for many for-profit big companies, so I know you know what their driving force is: is hey, I make a cool product, and then I get people to buy it, and I make more money. That's the math, right? It's like I sell more, I get more. The nonprofit equation is exactly the opposite. The more need I find for the service that we're offering, right? The help that we're giving, the support that the community needs, actually, we have less to give. There's nothing there, right? So it's a very reverse equation where we're going out to different people that don't receive the service, donors, fundraisers, you know, grants, other ways that we can get that money in and we're helping somebody else in return. And this is again, where that abundance mindset has to come in because you're not gonna see where your dollar necessarily goes. You just have to believe in the cause and make sure that you're helping continue that idea. But so many people in for-profit situations come into nonprofits and try to treat it the same way and the math just doesn't work out. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, you, you hit on something important. And I, you know, there's always been a saying, you'll see it when you believe it. But yeah, in, in the nonprofit in the for purpose business world, it's when you believe it, you'll see it. It's again, that reverse that you're talking about. Wow, well, you uh, pretty amazing stuff we're getting here.
0: It is David. And I want to piggyback on both those questions. So um... Can you give us an example of how we, we, have, we bring in business leaders to our boards? Now, there are some good procedures, but we also inherit some bad things from, from businesses that, they, that they're doing that, that aren't working there either, but they just have a lot more money to cover it up. But um, give us an example of something that a business leader brings in and tries to overlay on what we're doing, and it just doesn't work. Can you think of an example?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times in for-profit, the first thing we do is come in and we're going to cut expenses, right? Because that's how you're going to get more profit. Revenue minus expenses equals more money to the bottom line. So chop, chop people, chop, you know, whatever, you know, software, whatever things we're doing. Well, again, normally they're at a scale where somewhere of that can get absorbed. There was probably, you know, some fat that they're trimming. Usually in, you know, the for-purpose space, There isn't a lot extra. You have a lot of volunteers. You have unpaid people. So you can't cut unpaid people. I mean, you can, but you're not paying them anything. So you really have to rethink that whole equation again is like, I can't just come in and cut expenses. They're probably already bare bone. And so when I go into for-purpose organizations, I talk about how can we optimize what we have? How can we best use it to get more out of it? Whether it's software, people, process, whatever all the combinations are. But we really have to rethink like doing better with what we've got rather than let's try to cut back severely like what happens in a lot of for-profit kind of areas.
0: And even when they cut back in business, like we've been through some downturns in the economy in the, you know, over the years and businesses that cut back on marketing, okay, business down, we're going to cut back on marketing, but the smart business leader increases their marketing because everybody else is pulling back. So some of the things that we want to think about um, is, is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's one theme I'm picking up on here. We need to think differently. So I want to go back up to to my first question. We just kind of jumped into this scarcity mindset when God's given us abundance and we just, you know, we don't take it, but how do we get to this? What's the cause of this scarcity thinking? Do you want to, you want to tell us what your thoughts are on that?
1: Yeah. In, in my business, I work with a lot of young people, you know, I was very fortunate throughout my career to work with all these great minds coming out of Silicon Valley, out of top universities but when they came to work, they could only do the task in front of them They really couldn't imagine something different better and they were afraid to fail. We've taught so many people throughout school that there is only like a bad you know a bad better best <laughs> that, that we're always in this stack ranking there's only one a you know there's only two B's, a couple of C's and everyone else is below the line. That's not life. In life, we can actually all exceed. There's no limit to how many of us can do well, if we're supporting each other. Instead of putting people down and saying, "Nap, we're cutting you off. You're below the line," we need to really reimagine it. And this is why so many people, at least in my experience, come out with the scarcity mindset because that's what we've been teaching them for years and years of school. That top or nothing, right?
0: That's shame on us. Yeah. <laughs> We like to say that um, we've learned leadership wrong and we've inherited systems that aren't functioning like we need them to. So we're called to think differently. So let's talk about um, getting with other people, networking, collaborating. So why is networking critical to support? It, we, yeah, we don't drive revenue by selling products. We drive revenue by get, you know, encouraging philanthropists to support us whether it's foundations or donors or whatever. So why is networking critical to getting the support that we need?
1: It's a lot like other businesses is where are you going to find your revenue streams? Donations and grants and things are where your revenue streams come in in this for-purpose business. So the more you know, the more you can grow, the more people you can support. And through those networks, you know, many that I belong to, you guys have a great one as well, is how do we get to know that person? And we have to have the same mentality that I have in my for-profit business. It's not, I'm going to meet you and you're going to make the sale. You're going to give me a million dollars and I never have to do anything else for my business again, right? And it all magically falls in. It's about the spoke and the wheel. It's the, I meet you, you know, five other people, then we can get a dollar from everybody and we're $5, you know, better off. It's continuing to build those long-term relationships where you can have repeat donors. And those people over a lifetime could give you more than sometimes, you know, investing a whole bunch of time and energy to get a grant. So it's balancing those things of getting a balance of bigger, you know, offers from grants and smaller offers from your day-to-day networking.
0: Davis, you said the word relationship. <laughs> yeah, the R word. That's right. So, so, um, David, we've seen a lot of people do networking. Like it's about me, it's me, I'm talking, talking, talking. So, um, I, so Nikki, there's some, there's some process thinking behind this. There's good networking and there's harassment networking.
2: I mean, yeah, that amen. And, you know, uh, relationships come from a lot of different places. And what I find, just as a consumer, I I support a lot of different little things, a um, couple of big ones, but uh, you know a couple, of, a lot of little ones. And every year, I don't hear a word from them until the next campaign comes along, and I'm just another number on their list. Um, you can't build a relationship that way, and it's the same thing with boards. You know, if you're not developing a relationship with the board of directors of the organization. Um, how can they maximize their ability? They have to feel involved. They have to do those things. Uh, but mentioning the board, tell me why it's so important. And I I know the reason, but our, you know I'm I'm asking for you to share it with our audience. Is why is the diversity of our boards so critical for you know to sustain? That nonprofit business? Why mix it up? Why have a variety?
1: Yeah, and a little bit of it does go back to that networking that you kind of underestimate what people's network might be like. And if you have traditionally always had certain, you know, similar people to who would benefit from the charity, um, you know, on the board, you're missing an opportunity to widen that circle. Maybe if people aren't directly in that community, but they feel empathic to the cause, they may still donate. They may still have amazing skills that can contribute to the overall for-purpose endeavor. So it's important that we don't overlook that there are a wealth of skills. And there's so many people that just never had the opportunity. I know, you know, just as a woman, it's very few times where I get on a board and there are a lot of other women on there. And I know there's so many more that are raising their hands. They are interested in giving back and they have an incredible network of possible donors that can participate and volunteers, right? That can help at events.
0: But you even have old guys, old guys on the board. That's right. (laughs)
1: It's a mixture of everything, right? And it's all of us learning from each other. When I was on a board, it wasn't just about me, again, selling what I can do. It's about me learning from others, learning how this particular for-purpose endeavor works, how best I can serve them. Maybe it's not just on the board. Maybe I do also volunteer. Maybe I help them in some way. You know, I don't even know about yet.
0: (laughs) So um, what does diversity mean to you?
1: Yeah, for me, I often talk about it comes in many different flavors and, and colors, right? It's about diversity of thought, diversity of experiences. It's, you know, diversity of opinions and skill sets, because it's not just about, you know, kind of the, the rhetoric that we're having a lot of times right now, which is kind of the DEI, I have to check the boxes. For me, there could be people that look very similarly on the outside. But their internal experiences have been vastly different. And that can be equal, you know, important to bring to the charity and, and help them with their cause.
2: Sure. One of the things that, uh, and I sit on a, on a few boards, one of the boards that I do sit on is a, for the lack of a better term, a DEI foundation. Only they don't focus on the DEI part. They focus on the inclusion part, the accessibility of the internet part. And so, you know, 26% of our population, it's been said that has some form of disability. They might be invisible. Mm-hmm. So like you're, that point you just made is on the inside, there may be a totally different person. So trying to pigeonhole people probably doesn't work for anybody, let alone a nonprofit board. So Hugh, what do you think about, uh, differences in culture and uh specific physical or emotional needs well you know, board in
0: the background as a conductor you know you think about all the instruments in the orchestra you know you got all the different strings all the different brass all the different woodwinds percussion you got all the different within the sections are even different so they they don't they don't use their instrument the same way they don't sound the same their personalities are different but when you put it all together, you've got this great symphony. And that's sort of my model of, of boards people that think differently, they have different backgrounds. Some are analytical, some are creative, some are structured, some are free thinkers. So I think, I think Nikki's addressed this. I think some people are afraid to get people on to think differently because they fear. They feel challenged in their leadership skill. So I think the limitations are in ourselves. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would agree and it goes back to that scarcity mindset. Um when you want to make decisions quickly when you've been on the board for a very long time or maybe you're the founder, you know, I've also had that happen where, you know, I built this and and it's a part of my identity. It's not just a thing that I do that I'm it's a cause I deeply care about. So you worry about bringing in too many people with different perspectives that all of a sudden it's going to lose your original vision. And so, you know, it's kind of addressing some of those personal leadership ideas is can they really bring something to the table that maybe you just weren't aware of? Because if at the end of the day, your goal is to serve more people, then you need to be able to serve more people in every way that you can.
2: Thank you. I'm smiling because we had, a, we had a group meeting this morning with uh, another organization, uh, another group, I, I should say. And we were discussing exactly what Nikki just brought up.
0: Well, it's our supervision community. You know we meet we meet um, every Tuesday, and we talk about these kinds of themes. And David, go ahead. it was it was, uh, I was like so excited after that conversation.
2: We were talking about um, defined collaboration and how you know how beyond you know what everybody thinks, what does it really boil down to? And I you know I happen to say that one of the frailties or myths, if you will, is that the ego has to be set aside in that common vision, common goals, everybody's on the same wavelength, those types of things. And so if you've got a, yeah, and it's okay to have people who are different thoughts, not that that's advantageous, because they bring a perspective that may not be present at the moment. Mm -hmm. But it's that consensus of thought that it's unified that makes a huge difference.
0: And and I think that begs the question of the leader has not been clear. And Nikki, the fear that you voice is exactly fear because the leader might have it clear in their mind, but they have not clearly articulated their vision and their goals. So you want to talk to that piece? You've written a number of books too. I want to get to before we finish.
1: Yeah, no, and I talk about this a bit too, you know, in in both aspects, for profit and, and for purposes, that it's important that you have a brand, that you have an identity, you have a mission, and that it's a shared vision together so that people know where they're going and that you're continuing to, just like any other business, business plan, business goals, what are we working towards? So everyone is at the same table. They can't help you if they don't know. If it's all up here or all here in your heart, then they can't. Pursue the same thing as you.
0: So, um, what are some other gaps that you see that are common in today's? Especially, I mean, we we find um, nonprofit leaders are social entrepreneurs. You're not working in the corporate world. You're doing something that's that's new. It's addressing the needs, but we might be really high on passion and low on experience and skill. So, what are some of the other areas that that we as leaders need to? address. We might have the abundant mindset, but we need to put some skills behind that, right?
1: Yeah. Well, every business has those needs that are pretty common across all of them. So make sure that you have representation to bring that either purely from a consulting perspective as a volunteer or directly as a part of the board. You've got to do your taxes. You got to keep accounting of your books. You maybe have someone who's really great at marketing and, you know, event planning. Maybe you have a grant writer, right? Each of these little skills, trying to do them all by yourself is exhausting (laughs) and you just can't possibly be the best at them all. So why not bring people in to also share your passion and bring their experience? So it's one thing that I often do is like, Hey, I have a background in finance and in systems and process. If you'd like me to come in and do that as a consulting, cool. I can come help you do that. And then I step away. I don't have to be there forever. I can get you started. Then you can go back to what you're doing, but I also have awareness of your cause and I can help promote right so win-win
0: <laughs> win-win and you know one of the as a musician one of the least utilized skills that I see leaders employ is listening and you've you've sort of talked around that but speak to that then I want to tell people about your website so what part of this as a leader is listening
1: Yeah, it's actually knowing, you know, what's happening around you. So many times we jump to the right answer, what we think is the right answer, (laughs) who are already on to responding. And it's really important that we learn to start taking this pause and really listening to what the person is saying to us, the advice that they're giving us. Before you jump to make a response, again, we find a lot of times, especially in these, we're following with our heart, we're, we're going with our passion because I know best, I founded this thing, I've been here so many years, but the world is evolving. Even the needs of the community may be evolving. And so we can really get a lot from other people by just taking a pause and actually taking it in, absorbing before we respond. <laughs>
0: Spot on. I love it. You know, sometimes we respond before the people even finish talking. Yeah. How do we know what the answer is? Come on, we're just being presumptuous. So um, it's the T-H-E, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, com. So when people go there, what will they find, Nikki?
1: Well, you know, I have a wonderful podcast where I talk about different career choices and paths, stand up and stand out. We also talk about things that people are passionate about, you know, why are they pursuing not just their for-profit business, but also many of them have a for-passion thing that they they have on the side. So I love promoting the podcast because it's an accessible resource for everyone um, and of course, my books, my new book, Chameleon Mindset, um, is out. And it's really about helping people through any time of transition, build that mental resilience to not just tackle their goals the first time, the second time, but the hundredth time or the thousandth time that they need to.
0: So there's a story that Napoleon Hill tells about, and then Greg Reed made a movie, Three Feet from Gold, that somebody sold the gold mine and the person that bought it dug three feet and hit the mother load. So the resiliency piece is such a key. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people talk about adaptability, but when I see people do it, it's, well, I tried once, I I tried a couple of times and it just didn't work out, right? And and they give up. For me, I really talk about that resilience, that muscle memory, that competing over and over again so that you can do it with your eyes closed, half asleep, (laughs) that it just becomes rote. And that way, when the real challenge comes, You're ready with energy to step up. So many of us are spending so much time day-to-day kind of giving up every time we try. We're not really getting any stronger. We're just kind of saying we're adapting. And so I really try to work with people to build that resilience because life is nothing but change. So we got to be ready.
0: (laughs) You know, some things don't work, you know, working out. I worked out a a day last year and it didn't work. Yep. (laughs) So, you know, I hear things... Every bit is as dumb as that. We're going to talk about our community for a minute, and then we're going to come back to you and ask you to leave us a, a, a parting thought or a challenge. So uh, David and I uh, facilitate a, a community. Uh, it's nonprofitcommunity.org. If you want to talk to other leaders in the same spot you're in with similar issues to address, it kind of feels lonely um, in, in, in our seat. So come have a peer-to-peer conversation have access to a whole bunch of curriculum. A lot of other, other places teach you how to do the board, how to do the strategy, how to do this, They give you tools, but functionally they don't work unless you work. So we have all the tools, but we equip you to use them and give, surround you with peers and experts like David and some of our other, other folks like are listening on this call to help you find some answers. And there's more than one right answer but what is the right answer for you? Nonprofitcommunity.org, and we have a so David, give us a quick snapshot. We had we have conversations every every Tuesday, and we had significant one even today that was 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 really important. Oh to yeah, that.
2: today was today was spectacular. I thought, but I say that every Tuesday. So. <laughs> but it's a great community, and it's a lively community, and the you know the pool of experts that we that we seem to uh, attract. are... Uh, are so giving so there's a lot of information there's a lot of give and take um, there's a lot of information that you can download for free i'm mean, excellent excellent tools for free but if you really want to get involved then we have a paid membership too that you can access a whole bunch of other stuff that's even better um there are it's all excellent but you know stuff reserved that's kind of a deeper dive of of things But every member gets a copy of our non-newsletter, we call it, we call it Updates. And within it, we give uh, leadership articles, uh, some fun, some jokes, a whole variety of things. Hugh puts a recipe, he's a great cook, by the way. He puts a recipe in there every month. I provide a couple of marketing ideas, uh, some articles in there, and... We also offer a contributor um, opportunity. You know, if somebody wants to spread their own brand awareness, we're more than welcome to, to publish them in that. It's uh, my little creation of love that started out uh, three or four, more than three years ago. And uh, it's pretty, it's a digital magazine. It's 30 some odd pages and it's great. So uh, centervisioncommunity.org dot or nonprofitcommunity.org, which is probably a little easier to remember.
0: Yeah, the easy one's nonprofit community. Nikki, I think he just invited you to contribute an article. So yes, I
2: did.
1: <laughs> I think he also invited me over for dinner at your house, Hugh. So <laughs> I'll take both.
2: <laughs> oh if you can't make dinner, make breakfast because he makes the world's greatest coffee. Yes.
1: Fantastic.
2: <laughs> so Nikki
0: Uh, it's been a fun interview, but it's also been packed with useful tips. What do you want to leave us with today?
1: Yeah, I just want people to start. I feel like a lot of people go, oh, well, I'm going to work on my mindset and then I'll go work on my business. You know, I'll work on myself and and then I'll go fix the other things wrong. And it's not that. We need to just go. Go after your goals. Go do them today. As soon as you get off of this session, go forth and conquer because there's no time like the present to go out and achieve your dreams.
0: There's no time like the present. Nikki Green, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you so much for your intellect. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit
2: Exchange.